0: Let's pray. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for this time. Thank you for enabling us to worship you. Thank you for helping us to be here, to hear you, to be with you, to have a relationship with you, to be intimate in our relationship with you. Hide me behind the cross, for I am not worthy. And may everything that comes out from my mouth be, may be your word for us. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. Morning. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to bring God's Word today. Um, When I was, uh, when Pastor asked me um, to speak on today, 21st, at that time, I was actually reading a book called John 3.16 by Max Luxado. So while I was reading the book, God touched me in a manner to say, that one of the sharing that I must do today is on the conversation that took place between Nicodemus and Christ while while, uh, this conversation took place, how John 3.16 came about. So today's, um, if you notice, the title of the sermon, Spinnacle of a Conversation. So I would like to share what God has put me uh, put in my mind as I prepared for this and how God wants us to consider um, in our own lives what he wants us to revisit that he has spent time sharing with Nicodemus. Can I have the next slide? Now, conversations, it all matters. Yeah? So if you look at conversation, I'm yeah, a Sometimes the conversation leads to decisions. Sometimes conversations lead into a new relationship. Example, maybe under the bus stand or you know while we're waiting for a plane or something, you'll never know, we may end up striking a relationship that may carry on and may lead to different, um, different forms of action in our lives in future. It also gives us a chance to network. For instance, a couple of weeks back, I actually was going to Medan, and I took Asia. So by chance, there was this um, um, chap that came and said hi to me. I really didn't know who he was. Then while I was talking to him, I realised, I'm pretty sure some of us here are very active in Facebook. I don't know anything about Facebook. Most of my time is in LinkedIn, and I didn't realise he actually connected me through LinkedIn, and, you know, Made Based on that conversation, we actually built a relationship and a network. And similarly, we had a conversation, sometimes we'll end up having collaborations, right? For instance, um, you know, if I may share, um, let's say you have two different uh, companies and you have these people coming together in a team building. So it's in a conversation, we realise that sometimes we can actually collaborate in a very different way. But sometimes also some conversations end up empty. And we can talk for hours and come back with nothing. Then there are some conversations that is very, very life-changing. There are some conversations, the Pesamono, some one or two words that are mentioned or a topic that's discussed can actually make us review our life, review what's happening in our lives, and actually change the way we look at our lives. You know, similarly, I, if, I, if I may show two things that always strike me as life-changing or, you know, massive changes that caused um, life-changing conversation is um, um, many years back, I'm pretty sure for sports enthusiasts, they'll remember this, Manchester United's uh, first Champions League, or the Champions League that they won 2-1. I do not know what Alex Ferguson would have had as a conversation in second half, but literally they turned the game around after that. Similarly, when Liverpool won their first Champions League, I'm pretty sure most of us will remember they were behind 0-3, and the second half conversation must have made such a difference. They, with you know one man down, they still managed to draw and lift the Champions League. So conversations can you know, lead to life-changing, event-changing in many ways. Now, let's look at today's text. Now, I actually asked the Bible um, to be read from verses 14 to 17. But the whole conversation between Nicodemus and Christ is from 1 to 21. So this conversation um, was, must have impacted Nicodemus in many ways because he's, he's referred again at the end of John and in a very different circumstances, one. Second one, the whole topic is about born again, or spiritual birth, and that leaded into John three sixteen. So for us to understand, and for us to recall these conversations that we have, or the conversation that Nicodemus and Christ had, it is sometimes good for us to know who are the characters inside this conversation. Nicodemus, you are in the Nicodemus. And the time when the Israel, or the Jew state, or Judah, as you may call it, was ruled by Sanhedrin, a council so in the council, when that is like a group of leaders, so if you want to make reference, it's probably close to the Council of Eminent Persons, but without power. Council of Eminent Persons didn't have power, whereas this council is a gathering of all the rabbis who are senior in the Jewish state to form a council, and the council can be 72 or 21, if memory serves me correct the number. And they can actually, they form the Council of Judges who actually execute the judgment that is found in the law of Moses. And he was a rabbi himself. He's also called a ruler of the Jews because he was part of the Sanhedrin. And he was also a Pharisee. Another famous Pharisee that may come to our mind is Paul. He was also a Pharisee that followed Christ was well-respected, but he has a curiosity that he wanted to find out. He was unsure, and he needed assurance of who Christ was. But what is very, very interesting in this conversation is part of a Sanhedrin that was basically, um, if you may, linking Christ to the devil. If you read in the Bible, in the Gospel... In order to um, sideline Christ and not accept Christ as the Messiah. Yeah. But here was a man from Sanhedrin who first said, when he met Christ, he said, I know you are from God. Otherwise, you're not able to do what you're doing now. So he acknowledged that Christ was from God, but he wasn't sure whether he was the Messiah. So I, I believe that he came to find out who Jesus was. But at the same time, he had a bit of a fear. And at the afternoon, Nicodemus came when everything has settled down, the crowd has gone, when Christ was alone or Christ was with his disciples to have a conversation with Christ and at the same time without the knowledge of the public that is there. That was who Nicodemus was. And Nicodemus came to see Christ because in his mind, he was not sure who is Christ. Is he the Messiah? So, let's see what happens next. Now, Jesus responded when Nicodemus came. If you saw in the Gospel, when Jesus had conversation with some of the high priests. He called them, you hypocrites. He called them, you're not fit to lead. But in the case of Nicodemus, it was different. He did not chase him out. He actually had a conversation with him. And if you notice in the conversation, verses 3 to 8, Jesus provoked and engaged in born again. Born of spiritual, because in the case of the Pharisee, the, in the Pharisees, when they, tell, because they're so much into the law of Moses, and the, they cannot move beyond the law of Moses to accept that if you want to have an intimacy with God, the law is not enough. You need to be rescued by the Messiah. So he came here to find out whether Christ was the Messiah. That's one. Second one, Christ did not initially say, I am the Messiah. He engaged in him to make sure that Nicodemus understood what was born again. And what does born of the Spirit means? So he challenged Nicodemus' faith. You can notice in verse 8, So, if you see the context, uh, Christ is actually challenging him. Uh, Illustration, Christ is about the wind. We know the wind blows on us. Similarly, the man of spirit, in this case, the Messiah, the Christ, but we will be able to see whatever he does. That is what he was trying to say to Nicodemus. He said, don't try to find where I am coming from. Have faith that I am the Messiah. So it's a crossing that line to a group of people that you know, um, they're so used to running everything by law like a clockwork. Cross that line and have faith in me that I am the Messiah. But Nicodemus is So So if you notice from verses 9 to 14, Christ made it simple for him. Believe in me. I am the Messiah. Eternal life is through me. So in the conversation, the Mapatona, is a very interesting conversation because when Christ revealed about himself as the Messiah and the eternal life is through him, he didn't choose an ordinary person like you and me. He did not choose uh, a group of people He didn't choose his apostle first. He actually came out, or he actually explained eternal life and how do you achieve eternal life to a rabbi from the Jewish community. So I believe he wanted to challenge the Jewish community to actually accept that what they are doing is not enough, one. Second one also... In the whole conversation, Nama Patona is quite uh, theological, it's quite deep. So he wanted to take it to another level of conversation so that for us here who are today, can understand things. Because he has also taught the the, the public, the common people through parables. But this is one of the few conversations that is very, very deep on theological. And you'll find later in John, towards the end, he start teaching his disciples also in very, very depth. So we must try to understand in the whole conversation apdi reflect in many ways, we read the Bible, we pray every day, we do good things, we all want to be liked by a lot of people for doing good things. but Kelvi, have we crossed the line of faith, a very important question. Have we crossed the line of faith? And what is that line of faith? Is Christ in my heart? Or are we just like Nicodemus? A lot of activities in, you know, we read Bible, but we don't understand what the Bible says. It's just a text that we keep on reading or stories that we like to read. Or we pray every day, but we don't pray with the conviction, or we don't pray with Christ in the centre of our prayer. How much do we actually are different from Nicodemus? Because Nicodemus is a rabbi. He was well appreciated. He was well respected. He's a well-known judge. But at the same time, he lacked one very important element. Faith in Christ, to have that intimacy with God, That leads to eternal life. So today, I believe God is asking us that question as well. As much as we do a lot of things, as much as we spend time trying to spend our time on the Bible, we pray, we try to do good, we try to do ministries, we try to go out, you know, to live an honest life, how much have we? cross the line of faith that our life is completely in the hands of Christ that I think namela we must all reflect and we must all take into heart whether we have crossed the line of faith now if you have crossed the line of faith number 1 the faith the nambika the viswaso is in him yeah, we have to believe in Him. And one of the things that is very important is we need to confess our sin. Whether sin we do hidden, whether sin people know, whether in our thoughts, whether in our physical, whether in our actions, we need to confess our sin. Seek forgiveness every day. Now, let me explain this a little bit. Um, Romans chapter 3, verse 23. So, we all have sinned. power, And we have fall short of glory of God. So, because we are with sin, the only way we can have relationship with God is through Christ. So, if you look at Romans 6.23, So, the eternal life is only through Jesus our Lord. So, which means that if we don't believe in Christ, if we don't confess our sin, and we don't accept the free gift of eternal life through Christ, that means we practice, we believe and do things that Christ has asked us to do. We we have not crossed that line of faith that is total surrender to Christ for us to accept that the only way we can have eternal life is through faith in Christ. That today is our challenge every day. And I believe in the... The, the the willingness for us to actually ask forgiveness of sin is one of the toughest part of being with um, relationship with god because that first step for us to take that first step to confess the sin and not go back to the sin is a very difficult challenge custom challenge to christ the reason is because once you confess the sin And if we want that relationship, we shouldn't go back to the sin. I'll give you a simple example, gossip. When we talk bad about the third person, when the third person is not there, is it sin or not a sin? Some may not say it's not a sin, so we continue to do. But if you look at Christ's life, Christ has never spoken bad of someone, a third person behind his back. Christ actually faced everyone face on. So, number one, when we have our tea, when we have our lunch, when we are in our morning time, if you only gossip about the third person, you know, and we say, okay, never mind, and then a few days later we continue again, how much have we actually have confessed our sin? So, we may think it's a small thing, but I think uh, these small things are the one that pulls us down from our relationship with Christ and our, and our ability to forgive the sin, ask God for forgiveness and move on, right? So I, I believe it's a very, very uh, difficult challenge. The first step is always going to Christ and asking for that forgiveness. And that gives us the relationship that we need. So give it a thought. So we are no different than Nicodemus in many ways. We know everything about God. But have we really crossed the line of faith? Jesus. Jesus, in the whole conversation, there are two important things we can take for ourselves. Number one, He knew who God is. Do we know who God is for us? This is the same question that Reverend Dennis actually asked in last week's sermon Do we know who our God is? Know who he is, Jesus know who he is, but do we know who we are? These are a very important question because if we don't know who our God is, if we don't know who we are, we will never be able to share God and our faith in the full knowledge of that person to understand or to accept God or our faith. Now, let me share a little bit more. Knowing God is a personal relationship with God. Let's say we take a situation that Bible doesn't exist in the world at all. If the Bible doesn't exist in the world at all, we are not... Denzel Washington. I remember there was a movie, I forgot the name of the movie that, you know, he memorized a Braille Bible. At the end of almost like an Apocalypse, he was reciting the, the Braille Bible, and people were actually typing back to relaunch the Bible. We are not in that situation. But let's say there's no Bible exists, right? The only way people are going to know God is the relationship. Each individual have with God and how we reflect who we are because of that relationship. So a simple experiment. in church lay Bible a la dachi. No handphone Bible, no you know Bible in the books, nothing. How do you convince a new a person who comes here that our God is what He needs? And the relationship with Christ is what He needs. How do you convince? How do you bring Him to God if you don't have a Bible? The only way we can do that is if we know our God personally yeah? and if we know who um, we are. Similarly, if we are asked to write a Bible we cannot remember all the words. We need to write a Bible about us and our relationship with God. If we don't have a relationship, we cannot write something. Or we cannot tell about someone our relationship. So I think what God or what Christ really proved in this conversation is He knew who God was. God was His Father and He was in a relationship with His Father. So, and the relationship so how do we know God is in life for us I like to refer on three uh, verses Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 33 to 34 so in the Bible verse Apata one of the most important thing is Christ said God said he will put his law in our hearts in all our, our people in, you know let's use house of House of Israel here, but it's the same for us as well. He will put all the law in our hearts, and He said that, I will forgive you, and I will remember your sins no more. What is very important here is forgiveness of sin and abstaining from sin. So if, if word, the Lord's word is in our heart, and we really practice it, and we really hold it close, one, we will seek His forgiveness and He will forgive our iniquities. Number two, we will be abstaining from that sin. That basically means self-awareness, self-control for us. So I go back to the gossip. We have to ask ourselves how much self-awareness we have, how much self-control we have if we keep gossiping every day. There's a simple uh, challenge for all of us to stop because everyone does it, including me. Yeah? So it's the same challenge for all of us. Number two, knowing His law, aligning our action to God's desire. This is important, right? We need to align our action to God's desire. And this is, you can find it in the same verses that we read just now, one, Lastly, it's about knowing Him. Knowing Him means His word, His work, His love. And we will find this in the Bible. Bible is a lot about our Lord. But if we want to personalize that, we must be able to have a relationship with God. And that relationship starts with our ability to go to God and ask for His forgiveness, reconcile have Him in our hearts and be able to abide in Him. That is what knowing God about. Only then, we'll be able to share the God who is in us to others. Number two, when we know God, we know who we are. So who we are is, number one, we are children of God. So, if we, are, if we believe in him he gave the right to become his children who were born not of blood or the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god that means we become his children through the rebirth of in his spirit so we know when we know god we become his children one secondly we become his stewards so stewards is a very you know term that is used in a lot of, um, a lot of um, dialogues, a lot of uh, discussions, a lot of ways of explaining what is our role in the world for God. So when we are stewards, everything belongs to God and our role is to manage what belongs to God for Him. So our steward is His blessing his talent, and what he has given us, we will be able to use for him, to glorify him, to edify him, and to share about him with everyone. That's what basically 1 Peter 4, 10 to 11 says. Right? I'll share this in English. The Bible verse is shared here. So if you notice here, some of the most important thing that we can pick up from here is, if we are the children of God, we need to be His good stewards and we must be able to use everything that He has given us for His glory. So, that we have to, know, we have to faithfully believe that work is given by God. Yeah, and He has put us there to reflect Him, to be His steward, to discharge the responsibility the way he wants it. One. Second one, if he has put us in this church, there is a reason for, for him to put us in this church. Maybe talent grow maybe we have to sharpen our talent. There is a term that says sharpen the saw. So it's whether we sharpen our talents, whether we actually combine with others and use our talents. To grow for his kingdom, to be his steward. So instead of you know complaining, grumbling, you know, this one not right, that one not right, this one can be done better. The key question here is: are we his stewards today? Are we his children? And are we behaving as his steward? So, from this conversation, if I were to summarize, what can we learn from Christ is two things. Number one, we know our God enough that we can have a conversation with someone, and it's not about talking about what the Bible has written about our God. personal relationship with That's the only way you're going to convince people that this is a God that we should serve. Number two: if we, are, if we have a relationship with God, we are His children, and we are His stewards so these are the two things that we can actually pick up from christ in this conversation so the la we only then we can witness effectively so the Latin Malta, that we don't know where the we don't know our god or we don't have we don't know who we are we will never be able to minister effectively so what i can say is john 3:16 at the life are there are a few things that need to take place. Number one, we need to understand that we have to cross the line of faith. We need to know who our God is. We need to know who we are. Then John 3.16 became alive. And then we can understand John 3.16 better. We can, we can personalise it for ourselves. And our, and our joy, our completeness in John 3.16... Becomes more meaningful. So for God so loved the world. Why? Why he didn't destroy it? Why he didn't reset. Computer to do a reset button, you go back, everything is gone, or whatever that hangs. Or we reformat. He could have done that very easily, you know. It's not that difficult for him. He created the world in seven days. What we see today. He could have just pressed one button and reset everything doesn't have to put up with us, doesn't have to put up with all humans who have a very difficulty of obeying Him, following Him, and, you know, doing His will, doesn't have to, could have just reset, but He didn't, why? For He wants our intimacy with Him. We are His creation, He is our Father, He loves us, so if we don't have that re- personal relationship with Christ, we cannot understand this intimacy with Him. You, we will find it in everything that we go through, when we start our day, we find it is very difficult to go to Him and say, forgive my sins, forgive my iniquities, help me to walk in a relationship with You. We will find it very difficult to say, or even if we say it is just lip service. Two, we must know we are his creation. He's put us here for a purpose. He's our father and he loves us. He gives his only son that whoever believes in him, yeah? I, I, when I was reading this book, right, there was a very interesting um, conversation between someone who wants to get baptised and, um, and the pastor. The pastor, when I cut to the person who's going to be baptised. This is a Korean girl. Huh? Who is going to be crucified? Who was crucified on the cross? So number answer the answer would have been Christ. You know, that, that is what has happened. But when the priest, pastor asked this girl, who was crucified on the cross? She said, me. I was crucified, she said. So the pastor asked three times, are you, why? So, we're, Pastor Nancharya, he, she doesn't deserve to be baptized. She doesn't know the Bible because she said, I was crucified on the cross, not Christ. Then she explained, I was crucified on the cross with Christ, my old self, and my sin. That is why I say I am crucified on the cross. So, you know, it's a very profound um, insight. Huh? I'm a so Christ is crucified. But Christ was crucified for us. So does it mean we have crucified ourselves on the cross together with our old self and our sins so that we can have the intimacy with God? Yeah. I think her, her challenge to the pastor was a very, very, very... Meaningful challenge. And it's an eye-opener. Even the pastor didn't think that way, know. So today, we are. if you look at John 3.16, the second part, he gave his only son that whoever believes in him, we need to crucify our old self, our sin on the cross with him, only then we become reborn in the spirit that we can have an intimacy with God. We need to break that barrier that preventing us from having that intimacy with God, from knowing our God, which is our sin. So, so it's a very, very um, eye-opening um, way, eye-opening to understand this. Because we all like to memorize John 3.16. We like to teach our children to memorize. And I am a confirmation question, and a John 3.16. Yeah, we all recite, but we must understand what it truly means. And that conversation between Nicodemus and Christ brought this understanding out because of us needing to understand that relationship with God and who we are to God. Lastly, shall not perish but have eternal life. Intimacy with God leads us to bring, bring in His. uh, being in His presence for eternity. So in the Bible study, Miss Panna would have missed this very much. The last Bible study, uh, um, Pastor Victor talked about Revelation chapter 21. So there are a few very important things. Here is a repeat of John 3.16 in a way. So God promised, I will give you the spring of life without any payment. So, we cannot earn that eternal life. The eternal life only comes through an intimacy relationship with God by which we need to put our faith in Christ and have all our sins crucified on the cross together with Him. We need to be reborn of spirit to know who is our God. We need to have the intimacy with our God and we need to know who we are. Second, if you look at this, it also clearly states that We have to conquer. That means there will be a lot of challenges, a lot of um, tests, tribulation that comes our way. Can we hold on to that relationship with Christ steadily? Revelation 21, uh, verse 8, but if you go back and read, uh, it actually tells you very, very clearly what happens to those who don't believe in Christ. They go into the eternal flame of fire. So, middle ground, uh, you know, some like to say sit on the fence. Um, Some like to say flip-flop. Some like to say those who never make any decision whether it's yes or or no, likes to sit on the fence. So, It's very clear with Christ. It's either black is black, white is white. That you cannot sit on the fence or we cannot sit on the fence and say, tomorrow I will ask for forgiveness. I know I'm doing wrong. It's okay. I will continue this. When I get married, I will let go of all of this, and then I'll ask for forgiveness. It doesn't work that way. Once we know our sin, we have the self-awareness. We must go back to Him. And it's very clear at the end of Revelation that we cannot earn anything. The eternal life comes from a relationship with Christ. So, food for our thought. Nicodemus, the Bible, is in John chapter 19, verses 39 to 40. So, he was together with Joseph of Arimathea, and he brought in all the spices to bury Christ. So, something for us to think about. He wouldn't have been involved in the burial of Christ if he didn't accept Christ as his saviour. So that conversation that took place in John 3 changed Nicodemus' life. And he actually accepted Christ as saviour. He broke the barrier to his faith. And he knew God and he knew himself. And he knew what God has set him out to do. So John 3.16 was a life for him. So what about us? So, in Iquantinam, I must summarise today's sermon, it's all about questions for us. Do we know who our God is? Not the God that is written in the Bible. That's the same God that we need to have a personal relationship with. Do we know that God in a very personal manner? Do we know that God in a very personal relationship? Do we know who we are? as the children of God, as his steward. Do we know what he has asked us to do in wherever we are? Are we the Nicodemus with barrier who came to see Christ or help bury Christ? So it's two different Nicodemus. One came to seek without knowing what it is, and he had to cross a barrier of, that was stopping his faith versus someone, again we see the same person, Cross the barrier of faith. Now the most important thing is 3.16 alive in us. We can memorize, we can say, we can share, but the true meaning of John 3.16, is it alive for us? These are some of the things that we need to think about. I, I, I think um, God put in my heart to speak about this and to sort of provoke our thinking and for us to consider each one of us as a person, that relationship with God, whether we have or we don't have, if we don't have, what we should do, the barrier that is stopping us from having that relationship with God and knowing us as an individual, personal, who we are, and what is God expecting us to do here. Right. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for for allowing this time for us to know you better, to know what is it that you want us to think, consider about today. These are difficult subjects to broach, difficult subjects to understand, but we need to learn to submit to you. We need to learn to know that we cannot come to you, we cannot have that intimacy without Christ. We need to know that we need to crucify our sins and our old self on the cross with Christ for us to have a relationship with you that's intimate to know who you are and for us to be able to do what is it that you want us to do here for you as as your steward, as your children. We submit all of us into your hand. May you lead us, may you guide us, may you talk to us, may you probe us, may you ask, may you put these questions to ask us individually, personally, for us to think about how and what should we do with ourselves in our relationship with you, Jesus' precious name? We pray in us. Amen.